We have to introduce her. Yeah. I know. I just kind of showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. here she is. Well, and uh, oh. wanna... all right. So uh, I don't have the scripted. <laughs> exactly, man. Like... Well, let's just, you don't like it scripted, Zach. Let's just do it, man. Let's just fucking do it. Let's figure it out. <laughs> so, Go. everybody, this is our new co host. This is Claire from Butterfly Bakery in Vermont. We're really Hello. happy to have her aboard. She's smarter than me and Zach put together. So, that's going to help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, well, speak for your motherfucking self. You don't know the you have well, no inkling to the level of my intelligence. <laughs> Do you disagree? Be honest. Do you disagree? I'm not oh, challenging anybody's <laughs> intelligence. There are so many different kinds of intelligence out there that yeah. it is not even yeah. Yeah, so I, think, no, I, I think, am so happy to be here. This is this is great. This I is think great. Zach Fucking... said to me, "She's smarter than both of us put together one day." That's why. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's fucking highly intelligent. All right. Well, welcome aboard. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Virtual hugs. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Don't touch me. Welcome to Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers. I'm Spike. And I'm Zach. And I'm Claire. And today we welcome John Meyer from Bear River Bottling. Hi, John. Hi, fiery friends. How are you guys doing today? Very good. Thank you very much. Doing all right. Doing all right. Good, good. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your hot sauce history, how you got into spicy foods, and then beyond your business? I stumbled into it. Uh, it was certainly not by my own intent uh, that I got into the hot sauce world. I moved to Utah in 2010, so that 13 years now I've been in the state. Uh, I came from uh, Colorado originally, and uh, yeah, when I moved to Utah, um, I enjoyed spicy food, but not really nearly to the degree, degree that I do now. But uh, when I got to the state, I realized that you know black pepper is kind of spicy here, ketchup is kind of spicy here, and I didn't really have anything that scratched the itch, even if it was a pretty minor itch to begin with. And so a, a couple of years after being here, I, I ran into a friend who was uh, making their own hot sauce in their kitchen, and I, I went over one night and just kind of hung out and enjoyed the process and uh, gave myself hiccups and tears uh, for the first time, um, and just kind of got hooked on the culinary process, the puzzle of finding ingredients that uh, made it up with peppers and different flavor profiles. And so I started making it for myself, which went on for maybe five years or so. I had zero intention of doing anything at the commercial scale, even at small scale. Um, that was a terrifying idea for me uh, to start uh, something in the food, food industry um, and start my own business. And so Eventually, word of mouth spread and, and friends started sharing it with their friends, and I was making slightly larger batches beyond just what I needed to use for myself. And uh, eventually, uh, the friends started being like, you, you should probably do this at the farmer's market. They're all big farmer's market people here in our, our area, and, and they were all very uh, motivating, and I resisted for at least two more years. I had zero interest in, in that at all, and eventually, they wore me down. Um, and I decided, you know, maybe I will. I had enjoyed enough conversations with folks taking, you know, uh, woozy cases to parties or the bowling alley or something and just sharing it with strangers and having conversations about sauce. And 
that kind of flipped the switch and got me hooked on on the idea of, of sharing the flavors that I enjoyed for myself with other people. And um, I wanted to find somebody that knew business. I didn't know business. I'm a scientist by training. And so I'm almost by definition a poor business person. Um, and so I wanted to find somebody that knew some business. And it was just a, a random interaction at a backyard barbecue where I met my first business partner, Lev. Um, and he was somebody who had done lots of, of businesses in the past. He is business savvy. And he brought over a, a mason jar of his barbecue sauce that he made it. And I had my case of hot sauce that I always had with me. And we spent the whole barbecue in the kitchen just talking sauce and sharing sauce. And that's how I got started. And that was seven years ago. Oh, wow. How So did you find, you know, putting together the process a lot easier since you started in the sciences? I think it helps being analytical about the process, um, especially as you, you scale up going from a home kitchen of maybe a, a half gallon to doing 40 or 50 gallons at a time and being able to track batches and ingredients down to, you know, like you guys have done ingredient lists. You got to be down to the grams and the milliliters with everything. So I think that really helped having some research background and being able to go out and, and answer questions and find find things that I wanted to learn about and then just kind of go down the rabbit hole. That definitely helps. I'm a huge nerd. Um, and so now I just get to be a, a weather nerd and a sauce nerd at the same time. And, and that definitely overlaps uh, in my world a lot. Oh, yeah. Claire has some uh, good company here. Yeah. Right. My background's in computer programming. So yeah. I, do. I know, but you, <laughs> you, you like to nerd out on you like to nerd out. Absolutely. All all the rules, all the yeah, that's that's my jam. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll connect on Linux stuff after this. <laughs> I, I spent right, a lot right. of time there in college. Yeah. I am uh I am gonna I'm gonna do this all souls procession. So unfortunately I have to dip out. Um, was really expecting to do this at five o'clock in my time. Yeah, the Sorry. time change messes Sorry. everybody. No, up, it's yeah. okay. It was my fault for the whole daylight savings and screwed everything up in my brain. So, yeah. but uh, I'm gonna go oh, spend some time with the missus. Well, you have I'm a good fine. evening, Zach. Thank you for at least right, starting us out. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. I do. I do want you to talk about that uh, bacon hot sauce that you brought to market. Oh, I yeah. heard it took like three years. So that is definitely a question they wow. need to ask you. Okay, sounds good. Was it three years? About a year and a half. So three years is a bit generous, yeah. but uh, it took yeah. a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Make sure you talk about that. This All right. Thanks, Zach. Good seeing you. That's good. Take care, yeah. Zach. Later. Yeah. So, well, I'd love to hear. What, I think it's a good time for it. Why don't we uh, talk about the the bacon hot sauce? Yeah, the the king of sting. That was that was probably the first sauce that I, I really made after I started the, the, the business side of it, thinking about what could sell, what's viable at the market. Up to that point, everything I made was just something I wanted to enjoy and had some connection with friends. Almost all of my flavors have are paying tribute to a friend of mine that helped me out early. But the King of Sting was, was the first one that I really was trying to, to build and design for the masses, um, and not just my friends in the farmers markets people. And I, I was trying to think of what I wanted to do for a very long time. And it just came, the idea for a honey bacon scorpion pepper sauce came from a dream, honestly. Um, I had a dream in the early morning. I, I woke up and I was like, a honey bacon scorpion pepper. That sounds like a really great blend of, of ingredients. We do a lot of honey stuff here. Utah's the beehive state, so it was on brand with that. 
who doesn't like bacon? And scorpion pepper at the time was a pepper I was just starting to explore both in my own use and as a, an ingredient for sauces. I still love the scorpion pepper for its heat profile. But I had a dream. I had these ingredients in mind. I texted Lev, my partner, um, that morning at like seven. I was like, dude, I just had a dream about hot sauce. Yeah, I know it's nerdy, but I want to make a recipe with honey, bacon, and scorpion pepper sauce. And so I went down the rabbit hole for a couple of months, just kind of going out and seeing what other bacon sauces were out there. How do you get bacon flavor into a sauce? And it seemed like you had really one method, and that's, you know, the, the powdered bacon flavoring stuff, which is usually some bacon flavoring that's attached to MSG or, or some flavor binder like that. And I wasn't against it. Some of my favorite bacon sauces that I tried used that approach, and I really enjoyed them. Um, but I kind of wanted to see if there was something else that could make us unique in the approach with bacon. And initially I tried bacon grease because I knew we were going to use a little bit of butter in the recipe to, to cream it up. And so I tried bacon grease at first and that the flavor just didn't translate. It didn't carry through the pasteurization process. So I, I gave up on that. And I kept kind of coming back to this mad scientist idea of, well, why do I just use real bacon? I use real bacon all the time in my dishes. I love to put hot sauce on bacon foods. Could I do a real bacon hot sauce? Because that's not out there. No one has tried that before. And usually when that happens, it means because other people have tried it or it's just not viable. You can't do it. And so I kind of did yeah. a little bit of research and, and, and realized that maybe I should try this and let's just see what happens. And so for maybe four or five months, I tinkered with recipes. I had my spreadsheets all built out on different ingredients. Um, and I built a bacon hot sauce um, without really any considerations for the applications of using real meat in the sauce. I knew I couldn't go crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so it wasn't a, a huge ingredient in the in the recipe ratios, but it was in there. Um, and when I got happy with it, when I was at a point where I was pretty comfortable with the flavor and the heat and everything was working well together, then I approached our process authority here in Utah, which is we're, we're blessed here in Utah with our process authority. It's the state. So the state comes and does all the inspections, does all of our recipe approvals, oh. all done by one group, one person. And so it, it's tremendous a tremendous advantage to have that kind of a relationship with the person inspecting inspecting our recipes in our in our in our kitchen. And so I sent off a recipe to this guy who I talk to frequently enough that we're we're kind of buddies on the side. And I sent out the recipe and I sent him all the details and he's like, well hold up a second. To use a real meat in a product, the USDA is going to have to be there to inspect yeah. it. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, we're small enough. He, and he was honest. He's like, the USDA, USDA does not care about you. They are not going to ever even answer an email or a phone call from you trying to get approval for this. And I was like, well, because at the time I had a, a friend who was an actual USDA certified meat inspector. They had the badge and everything. They would go out to the steakhouse and scare all the waiters because they could, you know, get them in a lot of trouble for whatever. I don't know. But I was like, well, oh, this is a friend of mine. They really like my sauces. They're at legitimate USD. Maybe I can get it to work. Maybe I can get this, this friend of mine to come in on, on cook days and just hang out, watch, make sure everything's fine. I was like, yeah, it's not a very good long-term solution. Just in case, you know, she moves or something that opens us up to a lot of risk. And so eventually I was working with the process authority and, and he was kind of trying to figure out how to make this work for us too. And he approached his superiors and kind of went up the, the chain of command just trying to figure things out and and came back with you know what 
the USDA will not need to be there physically in person if you use less than 2% of that ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, you're saying there's a chance. And so I went back and I had to refine the, the recipe. My, my original recipe that I really liked had uh, like 4% bacon in it. And so there was a process where this guy was like, well, it's 3% and then it's 2%. And so we went back and forth for like almost nine months or something like that of getting this recipe dialed in down to the gram and milliliters of everything. He approved it, sending up his chain of command. They approved it. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Now we have a real bacon hot sauce. Um, I had to play with some of the spices and some of the other flavor adders to to preserve that bacon essence in there. To bolster that flavor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we, we had to play with some of the things like the turmeric and uh, the butter and, and some of the other flavors in there. So the, the bacon still stands roughly where I wanted it to be, but yeah, 2%. Um, I, I guess the USDA thinks uh, 2% of anything is, is fine. And uh, I still have original <laughs> bottles from our first batch just because I like to see how, how recipes age. Yeah. And yeah, other than, you know, oxidizing and pickling, uh, everything seems to have stayed the same. No bottles have blown up on me or nothing's gotten gunky. So, um, That's awesome. It's good. I And I love it. It's our, it's probably our number one seller. It's the one that I use the most of. Um, and it's, it's maybe the most proud recipe I have just because I, I dreamt it up. I've had a couple <laughs> of those. Yeah. Our, our black coffee mole, I actually dreamed it first. So, I yeah. love that. That's so cool to know that other people are as nerdy as me when it comes to <laughs> they're dreaming about it. Like, yeah. what most people dream about, like, I don't know, climbing mountains and, and saving people from disaster situations or whatever. And, and we're dreaming about hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, And I was never a science guy. And now that's my favorite part of all this now. I, I'm, I'm an yeah. English major, which is the opposite, you know? Yeah, that's great. I love it. What are the elements of a great hot sauce for you? A great hot sauce. That's a that's a really difficult question for me it because is. I love so many different types of hot sauce. But obviously, I, I think this is industry wide. It has to have flavor. It can't be an extract sauce. I do not enjoy extract uh, flavors. I think it totally ruins everything else in the bottle. So a natural heat sauce that has some compelling flavor profile. Um, the heat, the, the level of heat doesn't matter that much to me. It could be incredibly mild or incredibly spicy if it has a flavor that's compelling and usable i will find a way to use it probably and overuse it <laughs> yeah uh, i love a thicker sauce sauces that are, are strained or super thin um i tend to gravitate away from it doesn't mean that i don't like them but if we're going to put a tag on what a great hot sauce is i don't want to chase that sauce around my plate um, i want it to stick to the food and then stick to my tongue after i i'm starting to eat it yeah, but it has to be usable, right? Um, there are a lot of flavor profiles out there that are so creative and innovative, but I have a hard time finding a food pairing for them. And it's like, this would go great on one meal a year, and it's an amazing hot sauce. I love it. It's so creative, but it's not as usable. And so I think that also is a separator for me. I had one the other day that I tried on here. We were When we first started doing this, it we would send out bottles to everybody uh which did not last very long <laughs> but we would all try the same hot sauce and kind of give a little critique of it and i tried one and uh, i'm not going to say which one it was but i loved it and then i still every single time i see it in my cupboard and i and i pick it up and i'm like no this doesn't sound right for this and i can't find anything to put it on even though i love the sauce on its own yeah um yeah it happens all the time i think yeah 
Yeah. I, I find I really like sauces that are um that are more simple, that are that are supporting the flavor of the the food that I'm eating rather than just being their own thing in and of themselves. I kind of feel like that hot sauce on a spoon thing, it give you an idea of what you want, but like it, it's it's supposed to be part of something bigger. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the meal, right? It should be a part of the food pyramid as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> It works for me. So what's the, uh, obviously outside of ours, what's the best and worst sauces you've ever had? And if you, and you can, you can uh, go for it if you want to say it, or you can just say what type of sauce it was. The best sauce is, is equally as tricky as what a, a great sauce is. Cause I, I love so many sauces, but I think the first sauce that ever just sort of like gave me that light bulb moment of I am in the right world of flavor um, was uh, probably Angry Goat's Demon Reaper, the one that they have their roasted sweet potato. Um, and at the time I was I was building my tolerance. And so I was kind of numb to flavors at that point. But I tried the Demon Reaper with with their roasted sweet potatoes. And it, the flavor was so well balanced with that heat. Um, and at the time I was so into building my tolerance that those two really stuck in my memory uh, as a wonderful flavor pairing. Uh, but there are so many, like I'm just, I went and was looking through my my empty bottle collection here, just kind of trying to recharge my memory of what I've enjoyed over the last couple of years. I'm like, yep, amazing. Yep, amazing. Yep, amazing. <laughs> How do I filter this? Because there's so many amazing sauce makers out there that are just so creative and are are doing that like you said, kind of that science approach to just nailing a recipe down, yeah. getting the ratios, the texture, the presentation, the body, the heat, how it transfers from start to end. All those things are, there's just a huge rainbow of options out there. My the favorite. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, was going to say the Demon Reaper. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it down. I'm actually going to, I've never had it. I'm going to order it. Uh, that sounds great. I, um, my favorite is when I have a hot sauce that shakes my world my hot sauce world, like the sauces I make, I'm like, I'm doing this wrong. And yeah. it happens every so often somebody does that where I'm like, oh my God, I I have to re rethink everything. I, I you know, love it. For me, I feel like it's the the sauces that that you're like, how did they do this? Yeah. Which I, I have to imagine, you know, bacon sauce, you know, when as soon as as soon as Zach mentioned that, I was like, Okay, I want to know details. I know that two percent rule, and it, uh, you know, figuring that out, and nailing that is, uh, you know, is is definitely an art. And the, the the working with the fat and what is it going to do with rancidity and and how I, you know, I had a sauce that had um, just a really fresh, like a fresh onion flavor, and you know, you know, when you're bottling two, you know, forty gallons or two hundred gallons, like everything cooks it's it's cooking there for a while and so keeping that like really bright fresh flavor that's the stuff that always makes me go oh, what's that i want to figure out how to do that i want to try to figure that out on my own yeah, yeah i love that because one of the biggest hurdles that i've encountered and i had the same question for you guys because you guys have probably scaled up beyond what we're doing in our kitchen but probably those not. those hurdles those <laughs> things that you never anticipated just scaling a recipe just thanks to the extra volume, the change in equipment, just the longer cooking time, like you said, Claire, it, it can totally change a recipe by making more of the same thing. And it's crazy. You know, do you guys have you guys yeah. had any of those kind of encounters? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> and the thickness is the worst thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Well, we've got, um, so we do everything from uh, uh, stovetop batches, which are in the like five gallon range and our largest kettle is 200 gallons. Um, and so things really do change from step to step and trying to, I, I've got a pretty good handle on it at this point, but when, you know, we do co-packing. So working with co-pack clients, recipes, and the the coolest thing about co-packing is that it's everybody's recipes are really dramatically different. Like you'd think like, ah, the only way to make hot sauce is the way that I make hot sauce, but, uh, but everybody does it different ways. And so they all act differently as they scale. And um, it's the evaporation in our five is about the same as our 40. But then if we do a 10 instead of a five, then the evaporation is different in the 40. Um, and then the the 200, I mean, we drop out, you know, easily 40 to 80 gallons of water or liquid, any liquid when we scale up to the 200, because it just doesn't evaporate at the same rate as the smaller kettles. Yeah. Are those sealed kettles too? So that, I mean, that really stops any transfer? No. Um, you mean sealed kettles like the, the lid? lid or the, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. So we've got our, our 40 and our 80 gallon kettle have just a, a hinge lid. It's a um, Cleveland, a Cleveland steam jacketed standalone kettles, you know, then they're short. So they're like really fat, fat and short. Um, and then we have a 100 gallon kettle and that technically it has a lid. We don't ever use it. Um, it's got an agitator on it and we bottle from that one. Um, so it controls its own temperature. It's got an agitator. I, I love that thing. That's, it's a, it's beautiful. Our goals and, right here. Yeah. yeah. Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. It was, we stumbled into that thing. Um, that was just a weird stroke of luck. I, I don't think I would have even known it existed if it wasn't actually in our kitchen when we arrived, but, uh, and then our 200, happens. well, we, we bought our building from a applesauce cannery and um, Stonewall Kitchens bought them, wasn't going to continue the applesauce operation. And so they left behind almost all of the equipment. And um, and we just, most of that equipment was in awful, awful shape. And we spent more than we should have to repair it all. But um, but it does mean that we had some fun equipment, like that the 100 and the 200 are both from them. So Well, and you, you probably learn those things inside out through that repair process. It's like rebuilding oh. a car. Like <laughs> You can drive a car, but most of us have no clue how a transmission works. But you buy a crappy car, you got to fix it up. Now you know how a transmission works. <laughs> well, we have the building came with four pumps, which I don't know if you guys work with pumps much, but they are they're all really different and they're all really expensive to deal with parts and they all range wildly. So our repair guys, when they looked at it, they were like, okay, this is the one that you should repair. This is the one that's going to be in the best shape. That's going to be easiest to get the parts for, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so we did Let's put in, put in a bunch of money to repair that one. It's a PD pump, positive displacement pump, um, get that up and running. Turns out the seals on it are like two to three thousand dollars a piece. Wow! What? <laughs> like, we'll turns just throw out some the chewing gum in there, it'll be fine. <laughs> well, yeah, the applesauce manufacturing place they just sealed it all with applesauce, so that was oh, yeah. that. They didn't need seals; <laughs> they had applesauce. We like to take things apart to clean it, so yeah. that doesn't work for us. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting learning curve, but yeah, we, we're learning our equipment really well. <laughs> That's fun. Do you use steam kettles, Spike? Not yet. We're still using a beer kettle. Um, we're in the process of switching over. We have a steam jacketed kettle, but we haven't had a place for it because we brought a lot of a restaurant. It's a breakfast restaurant that is only open till two. So we've got the hole at night. Oh, nice. Um, and it's weird. Nice. They've got two kitchens. So they've got a main kitchen and a bakery and we bottle in the bakery. So it works really well for us. But we've got a 30 gallon uh, beer kettle that we use. And uh, 
we'll be switching over to the steam. We've got a 40 gallon steam jacketed, uh, I think probably within the next month to two months. Oh, nice. that's so exciting. Yeah. That's so the beer kettle, is that direct heat? Yeah. That's switching over to indirect heat is yeah, it <laughs> my is employees like... are so looking forward to switching. <laughs> you can tell who uses the beer kettles because they've got traps that are like up to their ears. <laughs> they've got the, the immersion blender, they're scraping with paddles. You know, oh, I, I want to ask you guys what you guys use for blenders for immersion blenders because those have just been the bane of our existence. Oh, we use a uh, uh, Roboku. Uh, yeah, that I bought from Zach. As a matter of fact, Zach was going to go out of business and sold me everything, oh, and then oh, didn't buy it again for himself. Yeah, we've also <laughs> got a, a couple wearings as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what about you, John? Wiring? Yeah. With the, yeah, with we've the got longest possible stick. Yeah, we've got some wirings, and um, we always have issues with the couplings coming loose, yeah. and um, and then stripping the gears uh, or stripping the, the that coupling in the middle there, and then um, and then damaging the bearings. And so, what we found is that if the bearings will be damaged in the motor, they'll damage the bearings in the shaft, and then we switch them to it. Like we'll get a new one, and it'll damage the bearings in the new motor. And yeah. so we just have this endless cycle of damaged bearings in our wirings. And so then we got a Roboku. And that was okay. They're harder to I clean. Honestly, they're yeah, and I honestly don't remember what was wrong with the with the Roboku. We actually have been getting a uh, what is it called? It's it's a new one. They're amazing, but they're Turbo Mix. I think it's Turbo Mix. It's a we've we were looking at getting this much larger piece of equipment. It turns out they also made immersion blenders. Um, the thing I like about them is that instead of um, the coupling they're threaded on, and then you can actually remove the in the core of the shaft. So we could actually like take it fully apart to clean it. And and then also we have we with the wirings sometimes we would get where they were, the bearings would start to fail, and then we'd get you know uh, other leaking things, and and we're like you know have to toss that immediately. So the idea that this is fully disassemblable was really exciting. Turns out it's also fully cross threadable, um, and you could fuse the parts together. So that's <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we're trying to figure that out right now. It's all a minefield. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the worst sauce that you've ever had? I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah, absolutely, um, I understand. I I I, I want to make sure everybody likes me, yeah. <laughs> but I had, and, and like I said, out of the 150 bottles that I'll, I'll enjoy a year, maybe one or two of them are ones that I'm like, this really isn't for me. I don't pour sauces down the sink very often. I try to just find one use case for them and just go to town. But I did the, the most recent one that I got rid of had had energy drink in it and it had some extract in it. And those two things just totally turned me off. And I, was I, like, had, oh, I had an energy drink hot sauce. I don't <laughs> I don't anymore. I, I did. <laughs> well, we can we can keep the energy drink sauces off of my shelves. So I'd be okay with it. You know, it was it's actually really funny. I've got a couple of bottles left. It was really good. People loved it. Really? If they tried it. But most of the time, because it was uh, it was an energy drink called Coffee Pop. Okay. So it was a coffee and soda. And then they had added other stuff in there. And I thought, oh, this is a great thing. They're on the west side of near the, the, the coast um, in, in Washington. So if we use their stuff, we're in a college town. College kids will see energy drink. It was my brain. And it, it was a... Failure, a complete failure, because everybody saw energy drink and thought, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? What's the one that everybody 
Red Bull. Red, Red Bull, Bull or Monster. Or, yeah. yeah, they thought Red Bull and then it just was a fail. They just didn't. But the ones who did try it, they be, loved it. It's really mild. It tasted kind of like a barbecue sauce. They loved it. But uh, yeah, no, it was a failure. I could have probably remarketed it and done fine. It was it was it was certainly the extract and the other flavors that turned me yeah, off to this particular sauce. But when I was reading through the ingredients and I saw Monster Energy drink like all the way at the bottom, like did somebody knock a can off into the steam kettle? <laughs> so, but yeah, and that, that's why it was it stuck in my memory with the energy drink. But yeah, um, it's energy drink and sauce might be kind of like people talk about let's infuse like a pot sauce let's get high while we have sauce i'm like how much sauce are you eating like that seems pretty risky yeah <laughs> if we're yeah. gonna get buzzed off of a sauce i think we'd have to have a lot of energy drink in there yeah yeah uh, it, it 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 was uh the uh, i i'm surprised i've heard somebody else has actually tried that i, I shouldn't be but you know I'll, I'll send it to you offline so you know who i'm talking about oh yes please i might even i might even buy a I, bottle include just include me on that yeah okay, <laughs> all right so from your own line what's your favorite sauce that you you know what is your favorite sauce from your own line and then on top of that which sauce did you love that just didn't take off that may have been a a, a dud that just didn't that failed like my energy uh, drink yeah <laughs> Yeah, the the honey bacon scorpion, the king of sting, um, is is the one that I use uh, the most. I still get high on my own supply for that one. Yeah, it's got the right flavor and it's got the right heat, uh, and it's usable on a lot of the kind of food that I that I eat, which benefits from like the saltier, savory type of hot sauce. My sweet ginger Thai is is maybe my second favorite. Um, it's a sweet chili sauce. It's got fish sauce in it um, and a lot of green onion scallions. So it's got a really good depth of flavor. I really like Asian sauces. Like when you're talking about the sauce that you see somebody else do that like brings you down a peg or two, Rising Smokes Synergy, if you've had that flavor. Like I tried that sauce. And I was like, man, I love my ginger Thai, but this is so much better uh, Mike did such a great job on that flavor. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe go back to the drawing board on a sweet ginger tie. But those are my, probably my two favorites out of my lineup. I've had that one, by the way. It is very, very good. The ginger tie? Yeah, Roger sent me a bunch. Yeah. Roger is so prolific on his sauce care package that he sends around the world. He's he's a great guy. I love Roger. Yeah, he is fantastic. Yeah. I never ask him to send anything anywhere. He's just like, oh, I, I sent, you know, this person a 12-year sauces. I'm like, but you paid me for those sauces. Why are you sending those out to yeah. other people? I, I hook him up with cases uh, as much as He does as I, that for us, too. It's, like, just so sweet. He is the sweetest guy. I love yeah. Roger. I was down at his shop uh, yesterday helping with the sampling booth for him and just talking sauce for a couple hours. It is. Oh, I saw the picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great time. I can't get away from talking sauce. I love it. But yeah. back to the question, a sauce that really didn't hit. I've been lucky that I haven't had any duds, which maybe because I'm not branching out as much as I could. Um, but my tropical citrus surprise is one that uh, I really enjoyed. It's a good, sweet citrus sour, has a tremendous amount of fruit flavors, which is kind of tough to get to stick around through the cooking process sometimes. And so it, I was kind of proud of it for its flavor profile. Uh, but people just have passed it over at the farmer's market booth for ever, other flavors. And it's one of those, like, if it went away entirely, it'd be okay. I keep it around for a select group of, of people that really do like it. And I made it in honor of a friend of mine. So it's kind of special. Um, but 
That's probably the one that's been the biggest dud in the masses, I would say. That's really hard, isn't it? I've got a our ginger carrot that I love. It's a great sauce. I had to make it seasonal because I just, I you know, it just wasn't selling like it should. Yep. Um, but I couldn't get rid of it. I just love it. So. Do you find that making those seasonal actually improves its sales traffic because there's some scarcity economics and then people are excited and they're, now their brand focus comes back on you again? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have the uh, Bizarro sauce, which is the cranberry habanero, and people love that sauce. And as soon as it comes out, they're buying cases of it. Uh, so it really helps. And we just do one batch a year and it's done and it can last as much, you know, as long throughout the year as we need it to. So it's great. Yep. When it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> it's all a, a, a matter of room, which we all, I'm sure, well, except Claire. <laughs> no, no, I don't have enough room. Not, not at all. Oh, really? Not I thought even. you were, I thought you were saying, yeah. I mean, I mis misunderstood that you had nah. more room than you thought you'd know what to do with <laughs> no i i mean we have a lot of room but it is never it is it wasn't enough we we grew while we were in the process of buying the building and so when we moved in we were like oh crap this wasn't enough and it's still <laughs> yeah. way too much it's kind of the, the field of dreams approach if you build it you'll fill the warehouse up <laughs> yeah God, yeah well and it took us like two years to fully unpack from the move so you know that that finally would free up some space here and there but then yeah then we just fill it right back up well so, i have this sneaking suspicion that so as a chef i everybody always dreams of a bigger kitchen you always end up in a tiny little kitchen you don't have enough room <laughs> never enough room just like for us and I always thought that, oh, if I had enough room, you know, if we'd be able to do this and this and this. And I finally got a job working at this one restaurant and it had more than enough room. And I was exhausted because I had to run so far <laughs> for everything. I was dreaming of a small kitchen again. So I think it's the same. We joke that it's a quarter mile from one end of our building to the other end of the building. It's not, but it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> we all want scooters to go from one end to the other. It's our building it's is super barks, long and narrow. Motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. Or a little like wheelie shoes that oh, we could just like slide across the room. A Segway. Yeah. <laughs> really want to nerd out. We have we have an employee who brings his daughter to to uh on the weekends. He he does our milk pickups because we do caramel as well. But uh, so he brings his daughter on the weekends and she just scooters up and down the hallways, just, you know, waiting for him to do his thing. And she just loves it. Apparently it's like her favorite thing. I have a new dream now. I want to have a big enough place to need a segue. That's when you know you've made it. Until yeah. then, I, I think we finally discovered the definition of small batch hot sauce. If you can use a segue in your business, uh, you are now no longer a small batch hot That's sauce. That's exactly it. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, is brought to you by Irish Spike's unique hot sauces and Vandal Pepper Sauces. I'm Spike, the owner and executive saucier. Our sauces are handmade in the Pacific Northwest using the best possible ingredient. We believe that hot sauce equates to a balance of sensational heat coupled with a robust and complex flavor profile. Live your hottest life with Irish Spikes. Irish Spikes unique hot sauces and Vandal pepper sauces are available at saucecult.com. All right, so next sauce. Now this is Claire's idea and I love this. So what's your next sauce? It can't be one of ours, can't be one of Zach's and it can't be one of Claire's. The next sauce you want to try, maybe something you heard about. I, I picked this up from Roger's booth uh, yesterday. Um, I got to sample Bayou Gotham's Zing Dynasty um, when I was at the Fiery Foods Festival uh, this March. Uh, they were across from us, so we we got to talk sauce frequently. And 
he was he was just bringing this to market the zing dynasty so it's a really fantastic blend of really complex ingredients. You know, this was sort of the John Hammond spared no expense kind of a sauce. And so I'm super excited to try this. It's it's sitting in my queue. I, I moved it right to the top uh, when I got home yesterday. Ooh. What's in it? Yeah, so we've got uh, tamari, brown sugar, rice vinegar, shallots, garlic, red habanero peppers, tangerine juice, ginger, roasted sesame oil, Sichuan peppercorn, shiitake mushroom powder. And so... Nice. I love a good umami yeah. flavor bomb uh, that has a little bit of subtle sweetness underneath of it as well. That's why like Synergy from Rising Smoke just spoke to me. Um, so I'm super excited to try this on some of our stir fries this week. I'm, I'm, I'm planning, a, you know, a sauce is good. You're excited for it when you plan a meal for a hot sauce. And that's what we got <laughs> going on this week. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, that's a great question. I love that one. It made me think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, I saw your sauces for causes um, on your website, and um, that's awesome. Um, we have a similar program. We have, we call it Generosity, um, and I want you to tell me about sauces for causes and what what your what kind of programs you work with and how you work with them and how that how does that happen? Yeah, that's a fantastic thing, and I think that's one of the unifying great aspects of the craft hot sauce industry because. I would say like four out of five sauce makers that I meet have some version of our sauces for causes, which I chose sauces for causes because it's an anagram sauces That's and great. causes <laughs> are an anagram and my, I'm a nerd. So yeah, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, so sauces for causes started with our lightning hot buffalo sauce. It was made in honor of a friend of mine who was was very influential in putting me down the path that I'm on with my science, with meteorology, with, with climate science. Um, he was a guy who, um, he had cystic fibrosis. He was a storm chaser. Um, he passed away uh, uh, 12 years ago now uh, from cystic fibrosis. But uh, he was he was like one of the most amazing people in a lot of people's worlds due to like the the heart that he had and the support that he gave everybody, no matter what or or what they did. Um, and so his favorite sauce was a buffalo sauce. And so I knew that I was going to make uh, a sauce for him. Um, and so I made a buffalo sauce. It took me 18 months to develop the recipe, which was like five ingredients, but I just really wanted to nail the flavors and the ratios and the cook process down. Um, and so, yeah, part of the proceeds from our, our buffalo sauce go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, I'm also a, a manager of a scholarship in his name back at our alma mater in Colorado. Um, and so we, we've given out for seven years in a row, we've given out a thousand dollars that that sauce is raised um, each year awesome. to an undergraduate right. who does both journalism and meteorology as their degree. Um, nice. And that just, you know, gives them a little bit of help. Uh, but yeah, charity is a huge deal for me. Like I want to be successful so I can be philanthropic. Like I That's really awesome. want to be able to just give back to the community. The community is a huge deal for me. Um, and everybody that's in our business uh, that helps out. We have two sauces for causes officially. The other one is our, our Bingham Brush Fire, the Honey Chipotle that we do. And that one's in honor of Lev, my, my first partner. Uh, his brother died of cancer uh, in his late 30s. And he was a very uh, significant piece in Lev's life um, that guided him as an older brother. And so uh, we donate uh, proceeds from that one to uh, the John Huntsman School of Cancer down in Salt Lake City. Nice. But uh, we do a tremendous, I've never said no to any charity. Um, I've sent out charity bottles to other states even. You know, you get those yeah. 
chat GPT emails that somebody is <laughs> and they're just kind of scraping the internet for charity. And I'll, I, I'll say yes to that stuff, even though it's, you know, might be on the other <laughs> side. We, we love veteran causes. Um, yep. We do a yeah. tremendous amount of, of veteran uh, work um, in our Valley here. We've partnered up with uh, cash coffee, which is a very veteran focused business here in our Valley. They do uh, veteran meals every Friday, and they provide free food. Uh, the veterans come in and, and have food and, and a place to just talk with, with fellow veterans. And so we'll, we'll give sauces or go serve food there. Um, I do a lot with science uh, and uh, conservation charity just because of the connection with the university for the day job. And so I've made a lot of, of friends there that see me as a, a unique kind of connection with the, the sciences and uh, products that they can sell. A lot of Planned Parenthood as well. Uh, we've got uh, Planned nice. Parenthood and uh, CAPSA uh, that are here and we, we donate to them uh, every year and give them some charity sauces. But I, I love charity and I know Spike's got his, you have yours. Yep. Zach yeah. does a tremendous job with charity. And I think yeah, that's one of the one of the most yeah. amazing things with the hot sauce world is like every company out there has some version of sauces for causes. And yeah. I, I honestly, one idea that if I had more hours in the day, I would love to do is is create a website that features all of the different charity sauces around the country. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would. That's you know, fantastic. Have like, you know, giving giving periods of the year, like around Thanksgiving and the holidays, where people can go out and, and support these sauces for causes. Because I think it would highlight lots of amazing brands that are focused on the right things, which is, you know, supporting the community that's supporting them. You know, that's I was, great. that's a great idea. And I was just talking to somebody, I'm going to leave their name out of it, but I'm going to say, I was talking to somebody this week about that, um, uh, about doing a charity sauce and um, doing a collaboration. And if you're okay with it, I'd like to pass that idea along to them because there's yeah. somebody that might be able to make something like that happen. Yeah. If somebody has the bandwidth to handle that, uh, yeah. I would love to see that out there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's give you guys a chance because I want to hear about your your charity work as well because I think that's important to highlight for everybody here. You want to go yeah. first, Claire? Sure. Um, yeah. So we uh, we do the generosity program. Um, and initially, when we were first starting out, we did them all as one-off batches. So we've done we did a um, a program with we also did a veterans one with uh, with fourteen star brewery. We do a lot with local breweries here in Vermont. Um, and so it was the Josh Pilata Fund where they um, uh, they help veterans deal with the mental. Uh, the mental health aspect of reintegrating to a non-combat society, you know, part of the world that Josh Pallotta himself committed suicide because he just, he couldn't handle the change. So um, that was a really great one. We did uh, Vermont refugee resettlement, um, helping folks, um, you know, settle in Vermont. Uh, there's actually a really strong refugee world here in Vermont, which you don't necessarily see in the greater, uh, in the rest of the world, but um, strong veteran, or strong refugee population here. And we did a uh, assigned mild at birth, which was a um, a trans uh, rights supporting group um, that we raised money for. And that was really fun. So we did those all as like little one-offs where we'd raise, you know, just in the hundreds of dollars. And then, and then we really, I really wanted to make one something consistent. So we started doing our Ghost Verde pickle, um, so it's a spicy pickle hot sauce, and we and five percent of the funds from that go to uh, 
World Central Kitchen, uh, which, you know, I mean, World Central Kitchen, they're just an absolutely incredible organization. They are, they feed people everywhere, including here in Vermont. Um, you know, they were here obviously during the pandemic, but then also we just had floods this past summer and within a day, they were here in our town feeding people. Um, they're in Ukraine, they're in uh, Gaza, which I mean, who is going to Gaza right now? And they are feeding people, and that's that's just what they do, and it's incredible. And then we um, we also just recently did a Pride hot sauce, which Spike, I saw your Pride hot sauce, which I didn't even know that the only other Pride hot sauce when I was first doing ours that I could find online was um, Old Bay had a Pride hot sauce. Oh last wow. Year. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you wouldn't expect that. Uh, but we did a uh, maple sparkle sriracha with uh, edible glitter in it, donating money to Vermont Pride Center. And uh, and that was just, that was so much fun. That was just, we, we're going to get better coordinated next year. And we have actually a drag queen here in Vermont named Sasha Sriracha, which Ooh. just by chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait to tell you something. I'm doing uh, a sauce with a drag queen named oh. who with the same similar name. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Franchising. That is awesome. Actually, yeah, drag, yeah. drag king, drag king. Drag king, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. so yeah, so that's uh, that's great. But uh, yeah, and then we, um, we also uh, donate 5% um, of all of our uh, retail website sales to our, to the Vermont Food Bank. Um, and we started doing that in, during the pandemic. Um, so I have to, to drive from home to my work, I drive past this little tiny airport that um, is here, you know, in the neighboring town. Um, and it's a little, you know, doesn't even have, I don't think it even has an air traffic tower, anything really tiny airport. Um, but uh, but it's where a lot of rescue type work happens, you know, so when we had the flooding, it's where FEMA set up. Um, and when during the pandemic, it's where they would feed people. Um, so they are National Guard put together a program of food boxes and anybody could come and just get a food box put in their trunk, you know, no contact, et cetera, beginning of the pandemic. And, and I was on my way to work and I saw this, this, this lie that I mean, there were thousands of people, the cars line went all the way through the airport off, off onto the main road and backed up onto the highway. And the highway is like three miles away. You know, Vermont doesn't have that many people <laughs> and to see this many people who needed food, who needed food this much was just like, we, I, we can't stop donating to the food bank. And so instead of making it this little one-off program that we were doing, we just made it permanent. So it's 5% of all of our website sales. I love that. I'm probably going to copy you on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I've already right ahead. <laughs> I, I have to admit, there's been a few things you guys have said with regards to this stuff that I'm like, okay, taking notes. Well, That's the good. never say no to charity. God, we do get some, some, yeah, some chat GPT generated things where I go, ooh, what is that? <laughs> so I, you know, but, but maybe, maybe it's better to be wrong in the right way than right in the wrong way. So. That's kind of how I approach it is it's, it's really not a financial burden. Uh, and I would rather take the risk of it being worth it for somebody on the back end than trying to filter out. Cause I'm sure we've sent them to people that are like, I just want free sauce, but you know, <laughs> if that's you karma, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I needed that free sauce. They were probably eating something that needed some sauce on it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. And we, that's so great. 
Um, we do uh, the our pride sauce. It's unicorn. We have our most popular sauce is unicorn blood. It's an orange chipotle, and we make it into, uh, we rebrand it as unicorn pride. And I wish I had a bottle here right now because we uh, just announced the new unicorn pride label, which I'm proud to say my youngest kid made. Oh, man. Um, That's great. And just over the last couple of years, they have come out uh, to us. And so it's been a, a really wonderful experience. That's and great. yeah, yeah. It, and they did a fantastic job. I can't wait to roll it out next year. And then uh, we did uh, one with Fair Idaho. Uh, Fair Idaho, it was just a one-off, but I'm probably going to do it again because it was a lot of fun. We worked with all the local farms. We did a uh, chickpea because we're kind of known in our area for chickpeas. Uh, we did a chickpea hot sauce and uh, it was supposed to taste a little bit like hummus and it really did. It came out really good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was wow. fun. And uh, Fair Idaho advocates for uh, independent restaurants, family farms, retailers, food and beverage producers uh, in Idaho. And during the pandemic, especially, it was just very sorely needed as it was everywhere. And then also this year, our I splitting this up, but our pride sauce, we split between the Trevor Project to help LGBTQI teens in crisis and uh, Inland Oasis, which locally is, is our local uh, organization, because here in Idaho, kind of known for not being uh, as tolerant in that area. Um, and Inland Oasis also has uh, runs the Westside Food Bank. So we're able to kind of double that up in that. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. And with us being near WSU and U of I within an eight mile radius of us, we are constantly asked by, uh, you know, I'm doing a, you know, gift boxes for this and gift boxes for that. And I just, I, I just say, pick it up. We're at the restaurant. So I, you know, I've, I've got a shelf. It's got your name on it. You know, is four bottles or six bottles work. Oh my gosh. They're so happy. And it's like, I really didn't have to do much here. You know, <laughs> you're all doing the hard work. So it, you're right. They are always so like happy and almost surprised. Like somebody said yes to that. Yeah. Like, who are you? talking to that's like of course not i'm not going to send you a small amount of products to support your thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean and it just feels like i you know i i always feel like i haven't really done that much my favorite thing i've ever done well i, I don't i think the pride sauces are my favorite but this is a close second is that last summer they have a uh an organization that does a camp at the university uh called pizzaology and they asked me to come in and make hot sauce with the kids um, and so I got to spend four hours making hot sauce with the kids and it was awesome. so much fun. And I designed two hot sauces that will be eventually out. We did it together and it was just, it was so much fun. I love that. Yeah. That's just, amazing. just yesterday at Roger's booth, there was maybe like an 11 year old kid. He came through and he went straight to danger close corner on Roger's table, which has like hellfire doomed all the pepper X stuff. <laughs> Like the place that you don't send most of the audience that comes there. This kid went straight there, stone-faced, took every little bit of sauce that Roger gave him. He's like, it's pretty good. And on his way out, his dad was like, would you guys be interested in having a sauce apprentice? Because he just, he lives and breathes hot sauce. He grows his own peppers. Would you mind just, you know, talking with him about sauce and, and making hot sauce? I'm like, of course, this oh, is yeah. the next generation. Like, this is a, I love out of all the people that come to the booth when it's like a 10 year old kid and he's super excited about it. I'm like, 
this is my this is my my family right here <laughs> yeah and don't i mean i like i love to give them my email and say you know if you've come up with something i want to taste it give it to yeah. me please yes that's <laughs> yeah. the best part about farmers markets yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah 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 okay so now inspiration who in the industry really inspires you oh uh, Generally, I would say anybody that has been able to grow their business to have that be their thing. Like so many of us have done hot sauce because it's a passion and it's our side hustle. And I am absolutely inspired by anybody that was able to make a worthy lineup and then solve the riddle of being a business person at the same time. And so being able to scale to the point where you can, that is your thing. Like that is super inspirational for me uh, because I get to juggle two, two things and I love both of them. But uh, for people that have been able to overcome the day job handcuffs <laughs> and are courageous enough to take that leap of faith, which I think it for most people, it is a leap of faith. That's really inspiring. Two companies that probably have have stood out uh, in, in inspiration um, are going to be Karma. I've got the science background. And so hearing Gene's story about, you know, being in the science and engineering world, which is probably a very safe and secure industry to be in, to, to make that leap and then to excel to the level that karma has and to do it themselves without co-packers and to grow all that stuff, that lineup to the degree and the, the magnitude, the rate of growth that they've gone through is really inspirational. And the second one, I'm going to say, I, I probably wouldn't have said it because it's Zach. Um, and since he's not here, I'm going to say uh, what he has been able to do and accomplish and the amount of interaction that he has with the community and support that he has, um, I, I just find totally inspiring. And just with his red label stuff now, which everything going towards a fellow, you know, person in the community that struggled uh, with finances, like that is that is the goal for me is to be able to grow it and to be able to have it to be at that level where I can just be like, yeah, I'm going to make a sauce and everything goes to charity. Um, and so uh, those those two companies have really stood out. But I was watching some of your episodes in the in the past that you've done and and Jules from Jules Creation, like wow. she's in the same situation that I'm in. Like she spent 10 years in school, got advanced degrees, and she made that leap and and had that courageous pivot point in her life where she went full-blown hot sauce and i'm too chicken to do that i think i think my my wife would would prefer i choose one or the other sometimes because <laughs> i'm very much a functioning workaholic when it comes to uh spreading my hours out but yeah hearing jewel talk about uh her her story uh was it just resonated so I, i'm going to add her to the list too because she's been on a very similar path that i'm i'm still treading as well that's awesome I'm Claire George. I own Butterfly Bakery of Vermont. We make hot sauce, mustard, cookies, and granola, and 100% of our products are made with Vermont ingredients. The thing that I hear most often from people is that my hot sauce tastes like the peppers that are in it. We do really simple recipes that don't get too crazy and nitpicky, just to really accentuate the, the flavor of the peppers that are in there. 
the unique thing about our hot sauces is how much we feature the farm and the relationship with the farm and really um, bring the terroir of Vermont to our hot sauces. I am pretty sure I am the number one purchaser of Vermont-grown chili peppers. I would love it if there would be a legitimate pepper market in Vermont where people would know Vermont for its peppers. We're all better for supporting each other. You know, and, and I think that part really shows itself with the collaborations that I do with the other businesses and the other farms that, that I love working together and coming up with new ideas and presenting each other with new challenges. And I think overall that's the attitude here. And I absolutely love it because that's my attitude. I try to live my life with love. The ingredients that I use, I would say that my values are reflected in that, um, that I use ingredients that, again, feel good, feel loving, feel supportive. The relationship with the farmer was how it all began. If I changed the reason for it being, if I went out and bought some commodity peppers, you know, it might not be as good. <laughs> awesome. All right. So now we've done the positive. Hot sauce, hot takes. And I've got one today, but I'm going to go after you guys. I don't usually have one. I've got one today. I got I to gotta flip my over so, so I have my note here. Yeah, I had two things that I could think of for my hot takes. One is dripper caps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zach calls them fun stoppers. Fun stoppers. Very much are. I don't understand dripper caps myself. Um, and so many hot sauces don't work in the craft world with the dripper cap because they're thicker and they aren't thin and you you, you got to strain everything out for a dripper cap to work. And so, yeah, we should get away from dripper caps. Um, if you're Please. still using dripper caps, um, just get away from it. Um, if somebody over pours, that's a good thing for you. Um, and yeah, they'll come back and buy another bottle unless you've nuked their nuked their taste buds. <laughs> yeah. So that's my one pretty mild hot take, lukewarm hot take. Uh, my other one is with serving sizes on bottles. Oh yeah, Zach. Oh, Zach's <laughs> gonna miss this. I can okay. I can chime in for Zach. That's okay. A teaspoon is totally outrageous to be a standard serving size of anything other than like an ultra hot hot sauce, yeah. and it hides ingredients and nutrition so easy. Like there are times in some of my recipes where I, I go create the label, and I'm like, there's no way that this is zero percent sugar on this label. Like I've added sugar, it's on the ingredient list, but because the serving size is so minute, it shows a 0% sugar. Yeah. And I'm like, that's misleading. And also no one's using a teaspoon of this sauce. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I want it to tell me exactly what I'm consuming. And I don't want to do, you know, total scale math analysis to figure out. <laughs> it says I'm, I'm only having five milligrams of salt, but in reality, I just consumed a gram of salt because I'm using so much of this. <laughs> yeah. So the re the reality on that is that it is a requirement by the FDA that teaspoon is the required amount because it's a minor condiment. Okay. And and well, and while I understand like the hot sauce being that minor, like I can see, you know, having a teaspoon of hot sauce, maybe not on like an entire meal, but like you know, on a on a plate or you know, next to your eggs or whatever, like a teaspoon. Mustard is also considered a minor condiment. And like who uses a teaspoon of mustard on anything? Like yeah. two fries, maybe? Like, like what who you even a burger? You're you're having at least a tablespoon of mustard. Uh yeah. So it's a requirement. It's a it's an FDA requirement. And you can put it up there with my FDA requirement frustrations, like uh coconut being considered a nut. Hmm. 
No, it's not. <laughs> but it's but it is by the FDA standard. I think somebody was like, huh, it's a nut. It's a tree. We're going to call it a tree nut. No. Yeah. Well, and, and I've never seen a coconut made that choice. I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a good middle ground would would be like okay, a tablespoon, but you can't do it. Yeah, you know, but a yeah. tablespoon would make sense. Yep. Well, and I and know. the rounding is so absurd because you do have to round it off. So you know, what if it only has one calorie, or it has? I mean, like if it has one or two calories, and you say it has zero calories, but if it has three or four calories, and you say it has five calories, and and so you can't even do the math to yeah. to you know to stretch it out and it just is so yeah it I, I mean it's basically just meaningless is what it is so yeah. we do we do our own nutrition panels and it's uh it's uh, you know it, i mean it's easy it's really easy to do a hot sauce nutrition panel <laughs> compared it's to brilliant. like our cookies or something but uh no it's 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 meaningless I can't remember what brand it is, but it pops up on the the community, the social media communities every couple of months. So somebody on their label, instead of an ingredient list, they're like, it's hot sauce. There's no nutritional value. Just eat it and enjoy it. And everyone is <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's exactly how we should approach yeah. it. But, I mean, sodium makes sense. I feel yeah. like knowing the sodium content yeah. of the salt is the one is the one relevant piece of information on there is knowing, you know, especially if you're restricting your sodium or actually sometimes I don't get enough sodium, weird side of, I don't know, side effect of being me. And so, uh, so know it, you know, just knowing that, you know, oh, this has enough sodium for what I'm trying to do. Like, you know, those, so I feel like that's, and when, when this hot sauce has calories or fat in it, then I'm like, I know I'm in for something. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of the, the green flag of, of intrigue that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, I think it was, I think it was a, I think it might've been a hot ones sauce or maybe it just came from the heatness or something. My husband has a subscription box there. And so we get this, you know, wildly changing assortment of things. And it was, um, I, I wasn't paying attention to what hot sauces he had pulled out. And I, and I looked at the back and I, I think it said something like 110 calories. And I was like, Wow. Like what, what is, it was a hot chili oil. Okay. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, is this the energy drink that Spike makes? We don't make that anymore. It was a failure. <laughs> Too many calories. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think because it was a chili oil, it was now a major condiment. So probably a tablespoon or something like that instead of a teaspoon. So. So well, do you have a, a hot take today, Claire? Uh, we don't we don't yeah. have to have one every time. It's hard to keep coming up with them. Well, I, you know, on the episode where you were interviewing me, we just were chatting about rules and regulations for so long that I didn't have a chance to share my hot take. Mm. And I know it's a wildly hot take in the hot sauce world, but I don't mind a runny sauce. Oh. I I actually I don't like dripper caps, so I'm with I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I don't I I can control my own pour. I also take off the shaker caps on spices too, um, which always throws my husband off, especially when he first met. I just took all the spice the tops off the spices and he lost them <laughs> everywhere. But the uh, but uh, but a runny sauce, I will happily take a too runny sauce over a too thick sauce. I do not want to fight to get that okay. sauce out of the yeah. bottle once it's gotten like in the fridge. That drives me nuts. Um, and, you know, in a runny sauce, you're not going to be able to use it everywhere. You know, you're not going to be able to 
pour it on your plate. You know, it's nice to kind of have like a few dollops of a, a few different sauces on your plate and be able to pull from whatever you're eating. So runny sauce isn't going to be able to do that very well, but it's definitely going to be able to go in a burrito well. It's definitely going to be able to go like into a chili or some other sauce. I like vinegar forward sauces. There's there's another hot take for you, but representative of the sauces that we do, we do pretty vinegar, we do vinegar forward sauces. And, um, and I don't want it to just be vinegar and salt. Like it has to have flavor, but I don't feel that if a sauce is runny, then it automatically doesn't have flavor. I think there can be a lot of flavor in a sauce that can come from a high flavor ingredients and it can still be runny. Yeah. So there you go. I would agree with that. <laughs> and awesome. I love when I'm on like Reddit hot sauce forums and it's just like the craft world doesn't exist. It's everybody talking about the same grocery store brands over and over again. And <laughs> You got the gatewayers that are like, oh, these, you know, Tabasco, Cholula, and then they get grumpy about it. And then you have everybody that hasn't experienced the craft stuff. And so they're, they haven't had their eyes opened yet. And then you have this weird middle ground of people that are like, and I love these people because they say Tabasco, Cholula, all those thin runny sauces from the grocery store, they have a place. They're not, you know, the profound $15 a bottle premium ingredient sauces, but they have a place and you shouldn't trash on somebody for enjoying that uh, because those people might eventually turn into hot sauce snobs and enter into the craft world. And so we shouldn't gateway them. And so, yeah, I like, I like that you say you're okay with runny sauces. That is a hot take for sure. <laughs> divisive. <laughs> I, I want my sauce to be pourable. That's, yeah. that's my, yeah. I think, I think that's fine. Right yeah. I, I, I is for me, as long as it coats, that's the most important thing. Uh, if they don't coat, then I have a hard time with it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to call this a salty spike segment because I am, I'm actually a little bit angry about this. I've had, a, so because of this podcast, I've been, a, I've had the uh, privilege to try a lot of great sauces out there or potentially great sauces that are not very good, but should be because of this thing about salt. I don't know where you guys feel about this, but, uh, that I feel like there's a certain amount of salt you need to have in a sauce. It's a pretty wide range, you know, but you need to have a certain amount or else what you're doing is the opposite of what a condiment is supposed to do. A condiment is supposed to add flavor to the food you're putting it on, not take flavor away. So when I get a sauce that has 10 milligrams, you know, per teaspoon, that's not enough salt. If I have a sauce, I'd say like 35 to like 150. I've, I've had them, you know, and Frank's is well beyond that. But 35 to 150, it needs to hit a certain lower threshold to, and I'm telling you, I mean, a lot of really, like the ingredients in these sauces are beautiful. The, the makeup of them is beautiful. And I go to taste them and it's just bland. It's They're muted. Yeah. 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 And they're doing the opposite to the food they're putting it on. They're actually taking away flavor and that's awful. And it, and it makes it really, <laughs> as a chef, it makes me angry to think I, I get it. I've heard the argument and, and Zach has this argument, but he puts enough salt. I want to make sure and say this. Cause I, I, I have a lot. I love Zach's sauces, but he is salt sensitive. And so he doesn't put as much salt in his. And my critique of his sauces has always been, I feel like needs just a little bit more salt. He says, well, I make my sauces for me. And I totally agree. I do the same thing for me. I get it, yep. but he puts enough salt in there. But if you're not putting enough salt, 
you're just ruining the food you're putting it on. Just put some salt on it, please. <laughs> I've so had it's a flavor bridge, right? Yeah. It, it amplifies flavors. I've had several in the last couple of days. I've had zero percent. So I used to hate salt. So that's why when I said that I like have a, you know, sometimes I don't eat enough salt. I used to hate salt. And I just like, I don't know. I don't know where it came. Well, actually, no, I do know where it came from. Turns out I hate iodine. Oh, Weird. Yeah. Like, and I, it took me a long time. First time I had kosher salt. I was like, what is this? My world has changed. But, uh, <laughs> but so I, I hated iodine. So I hated salt. And I, and even to this day, somebody if it's like in a soup or something, I'm not going to notice if it's table salt, but if that's all that somebody has on the table, like I, it just absolutely ruined a dish for me. But, uh, but so I was really, I was low salt on everything for a really long time. And it, it gave me a lot of health problems, but the, I think that there's, uh, I, I think there's a place, there is a place for low salt and, and there is, but I, you leave so much flavor on the table. Yeah. And what you're saying about like actually taking salt away from the dish, like that is literally the opposite of what you're yeah. supposed to do. If you've seasoned, <laughs> if you've seasoned your meal and then you add salt to, uh, sauce to it, that is not seasoned. You've actually unseasoned the meal. Yeah. It, it's actually the number one thing that I train people to in my kitchen. Um, if I'm like, there's actually only one other person in my kitchen right now that I, tr that I trust fully. Like I'm not there. You taste it all by yourself. You decide if that's got the right salt level, if that's where it needs to be. And, um, and, and then any, if he's not there and I'm not there, then there's like three people who have to combine together to taste it, to determine that the like salt levels, right. And things are hitting where they're supposed to. Um, and it's it hitting I mean, it's, I feel like it's the number one thing you have to do in, yeah. in a hot sauce is just hit the salt. Right. I ask my crew has to taste every single sauce. Yeah. Oh, every, yeah. every yeah. batch. Um, yeah. yeah. John, did you want to <laughs> chime in about it at all? Or did you have anything? Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Salt is, is super important. And I have just a few sweet sauces that I add just a little bit of salt to. And I, I'm not a chef. Um, Spike, you have in, instincts and intuition that most of us could never develop. Uh, just due to your your training but I think about like when I make cookies in that recipe there's salt and you go look up why and it's because it makes it more sweet it pops the flavor yeah and so I kind of took that lesson early on when I was developing some of my sweet heat sauces and I was like I want just a little bit of salt in there because I think that pops the flavors more I didn't really know I just had some probably naive intuition, but yeah, it's nice to hear that you guys think that there should be some measure no matter what. Uh, and then it's just a game of finding that right ratio that balances and couples everything else together. It's, it's kind of like the hub of the wheel of flavors. It, it, it's, it's turning the axle and that's where you're getting the flavors from. One of the very first things I did, um, I, we probably had been in business six, maybe a year, um, is I went through I spent a day or two and I went through about the top 20 most popular hot sauces in the country and figured out the percentage of salt for each one mm -hmm. and then found a median and I had, that's my area. So I think that it's, a, it's usually about one, one to 2%, probably one, 1.5% is uh, around where they're at. Um, so I try and hit about 60 to 85 milligrams of salt 
per teaspoon. And that's, that's where I want to be. So 75 is the sweet spot. That's the happy zone. Yeah. But I if think that's it's where we hit on like all of ours, yeah. that range. Yeah. If you're hitting there, you're doing fine. Some of them need more, you know, uh, to, to feel like if there's more tomato in it, it needs a little more um, sometimes. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, we cook with a lot of beer and um, when we cook with an IPA versus like a malty beer, um, I prefer the malty beers to drink and then also to cook with. They just have a a base flavor that complements the peppers nicely. But when you cook with an IPA, I find myself over salting it like every time because I could, I feel like there should be a malty flavor that's not there. And I keep being like, oh, we need to add a little bit more salt to bring out that malty flavor. And you know, it's not there. And then I'm like, crap, I've oversalted it. <laughs> I got a question for you about that because we've got several beer so hot sauces. Um, and yeah. uh, do you have any? John? Uh, we we tinkered we we prototyped for one of the big breweries down in salt lake city uh got to the final stages they fired their marketing team and went a different direction entirely with with everything <laughs> so i have a bunch of really nice recipes that i've got in a book hidden somewhere but <laughs> haven't brought any and in utah the the the, the dirty four-letter word is is beer right. um, and so it's we we live in sort of this cultural island sometimes uh which has some positives and some negatives but yeah beer hot sauces uh has a slightly higher hurdle uh to climb over for us despite the fact that i love beer and i love malty beer just like you claire that's the <laughs> that's the go-to <laughs> well and on social media as well i don't know if you've run into this claire you probably have but yeah, I, yeah. You try and tag something on social media I'll, I'll tell you a little secret about that um but when you try and tag something on social media they will automatically eject yep. it if it has any alcohol related yes. i've still sent them say there's no alcohol in it and they still yeah it back. Yep. but we yep. don't use beer we use the word i love that that's in your black and gold beer mustard right uh, black and gold in our beer and pizza. We've got two. Uh, we've got a red and green beer sauce. Um, yeah, uh, all of them. We use the word. I, I feel like I remember hearing you say that, and I and I I feel like I need to. So we actually tend to use beer seconds. Um, in the state of Vermont, they have to destroy any seconds. And um, uh, I don't know if you guys know Hetty Topper beer, the alchemist, um, it's famous beer, New England beer. Um, and they're really into social responsibility. And so the idea of pouring anything down the drain is just, you know, let, let's make a use for it. Um, they're really incredible in their social responsibility. But, uh, but so, when we had started talking about hot sauce, they have all these seconds and um, and we agreed that them putting their beer in my hot sauce would be destroying the beer. Um, nobody's going to want to drink, <laughs> drink the beer, yeah. you know, nobody's going to distill it out of the hot sauce and drink it as a beer afterward. Um, and uh, I've since gotten confirmation from the Department of Liquor and Lottery. But um, but yeah, so that that's how so we often get seconds so that awesome. uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Waste not, want not. That's a great approach. Yeah. Well, and I have the same thing. I tell, uh, we work with a couple different coffee companies, um, Kamiak mostly. And uh, the first thing I said to them was, I actually want the bitter stuff. I want it to, the worst things about coffee are going to come through all the heat. 
So whatever you need to get rid of, give that to me. That's awesome. (laughs) That's actually, that's how I feel about alcohol. It's, um, uh, we used to get wine from a local winemaker and he would give me everything that couldn't come through the filter at the end of the bottling. So it was like the really yeasty stuff. And I go, I want the yeastier, the better, like, I'm going to let it sit out for a little bit and get like gross and it's going to be perfect for Awesome. Flavor Balance Heat is brought to you by High Desert Sauce Co. out of Tucson, Arizona. Zach is the owner and creative mind behind High Desert Sauce Co.'s hot sauces. He says, at High Desert Sauce Co., we make sauces that we love. The balance of bold heat and fresh flavor is the heart of our philosophy. We keep it simple by using the best ingredients we can get our hands on and letting the natural flavors run the show. High Desert Sauce Co., just the good stuff. Visit High Desert at hdsauceco.com. <laughs> okay, let's see. We are at uh, oh, hot sauce show and tell. I'm excited about this. John, you're the guest. Let's go with a uh, hot sauce show and tell. What do you got to show us today? I'm going to highlight Colorful Colorado Creations. Uh, they have a black and gold sauce that they've just brought to market over the last couple months. It's uh, a basically a buffalo sauce with black garlic in it. It's been one of my favorite sauces I've had this year. Um, I love it, and also I'm biased. I grew up with Derek, who started this company. It's been a really crazy roundabout uh, story that we've we've shared coming and going in and out of each other's lives. And I just love that now we both get to have hot sauce companies in different states and talk about things that we're doing. When I go home to Colorado, where the family's still at, we'll go out and, and get a lunch and we'll uh, bring samples of prototypes and, and crazy things that we're trying. And, and he brought this and it's it's a fantastic garlic flavor bomb i love it it's nice and thick um and he he got the perfect balance of the cayenne buffalo flavors with the black garlic which you guys have done black garlic stuff uh from what i understand and that's such a that's a narrow window of opportunity from not enough to too much and he and he he found that sweet spot pretty well so yeah the colorful colorado creations that's who uh, my show and tell is today that's fantastic. Uh, I haven't had any of his sauces, but I'm looking forward to trying it. And I know that I talked to Zach about having him on the podcast sometime in the near future. So he would be a great guy. He's had a, a, a great backstory just in his life in general. And yeah, he makes fantastic sauces in a state that is just jam packed with excellent sauce makers. Uh, but he's he's still having a, a good ascent, uh, growing his market and his brand, and he makes just really great flavors. They're all in that creative side where it's not just you know the usuals. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I love uh, love shouting out Derek. It's it's been a fun ride with him, just uh, having the full circle. <laughs> awesome, Claire. Do you have one? Oh, you do have. Yeah. One. Yes. Um, I brought um, Queen Majesty. Let's see if ah. I can get it to show up here. Is that showing up? Yes, kind of. So there we go. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Blur. Sorry. I'll figure out something better for that. But this is Queen Majesty's um, Manzano Serrano hot sauce. I went to the New York Hot Sauce Expo um, back last last month, whenever that was. Time is a blur this time of year. Um, And and it was really great. She and I actually um, got to hang out a little bit, got to talk sauce, and I got to see her setup, which was really awesome. Um, I always love connecting with other women hot sauce makers. Yes. And um, it was, uh, she was, yeah, this the sauce is really great. It's got, um, it's got a really nice ginger flavor, nice lemon juice. It's, I'm, I've been having fun just like trying it out in different places and seeing what, what it could work on. It's also a little bit creamy. It's got some olive oil in it. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah. I'm going to have to get some of that. Definitely. Uh, I love their sauces and no wrong choice with that brand. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's great. And actually I didn't bring it over here, but, uh, just last night we had, um, she gave me a spice blend that she had made for, for like a a specific group. Um, and, uh, we put it on a, on a pork tenderloin and grilled it. Uh, it So good. I think it would be fantastic to have a panel of of women sauce makers to highlight the fact that this isn't yeah. just a bunch of, you know, 26-year-old <laughs> guys making sauce, that this is a diverse and increasingly yeah. more diverse community. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that would be fantastic. That well, was... And I think a, a lot of people, you know, there's sauces like Queen Majesty, which you know, it's kind of right in her name that it's a woman and, you know, she's the one who's running it all. There's also a lot of other sauce companies that might be a husband-wife team or something like that. And it's not necessarily as obvious that mm-hmm. they're still, you know, kind of a woman in a leader in the, like the leadership role of the company. Um, Heartbeat is one of the ones that, that stands out to me that's like that. Oh, I love their um, sauces and, so much. Oh, their sauces are so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we talked at the New York Hot Sauce Expo and he is actually from the um, nor- the Eastern Townships, which is just, um, it's in Quebec, like just north of here in Vermont. And so he comes down this way fairly regularly. And I was like, so when you're down, you're going to come and like see my facility and we're going to like talk a shop and equipment, right? And he was like, oh my God, yes. So I am never, I'm probably never going to get up to Thunder Bay. So best, best I got is get, giving him, getting him to my facility. So that's Great. fantastic. Yeah, we are a husband wife team. My wife, uh, nice is very introverted always in the background and i and because i designed the sauces but my wife is like always on the move doing doing all the running around and yeah you just don't ever get to see it she's amazing i also want to get uh bobby from bobby's uh boat sauce i don't know if you're familiar with out of portland i know i know of it i don't know uh i don't know fantastic sauce so good i'm i think i have an extra bottle i might send you one yeah yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. No charity be needed. Just <laughs> really good. I know, sauce. My, my, my husband is really excited about the prospects of the amount of sauce that is going to start coming into the house because of this podcast. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> my wife is not happy about it. It's growing and growing so fast. Um, yeah. All right. So mine is Hawaiian hot teas. I think I may have done. There we go. Can we get it? Uh, Hawaiian hot teas. It's the Maui Aui. Uh, and I just got connected with these guys. They're so great. I'm going to say though, <laughs> let's see what just happened here. Well, oh, and actually I do want to say on those, those drippers, um, or whatever they're called, <laughs> the fun stoppers, the, um, I've had companies ask me for them, uh, like restaurants ask me for them on the regular. And, um, so I, I think that there's, I'm a very much, there's a place for everything kind of person. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they shouldn't, they shouldn't exist as a matter of course, but I understand why they exist in the world. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who's been in the restaurant industry, when you put the sauce out there, you're not getting anything back for that. People aren't exactly. paying for that. And yeah. it is, it's, we have six sauces with us foods and restaurants will carry our sauce on their tables. And, uh, that isn't can be an issue for us yeah. uh, as a result yeah. because they we have to make sure and keep our prices low enough. All right, Maui Aui, I'm going to try this one out right now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have the uh, this one. I'm going to try this. All right, if we're going to do some bottle lipping here, I suppose I'll join in. That is delicious. Oh, also Hawaiian hot tea. Oh, I taste that onion. Oh, it's so good. I mean Hawaiian onion. Wow. The the bottle. Oh, it's got me. I had a lot. I know that his bottles. Um, he's in. Hawaii. And, uh, he's in Hawaii <laughs> and they have a hard time getting 
everything, everything yeah. of where they're at. And so these ones, the cap they have, they actually have to use the stoppers because oh, it that's the seal. Work. It's too big. Yeah. I'm going to see what we can do about helping them out with that. I, we talked a little bit, so. I wonder, you know, our bottles come from China and um, at, there's, interestingly, the, <clears throat> there's another, uh, we use a, the fancy bottle instead of the woozy bottle. And um, there's a New Jersey maker of of those same bottles. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Totally fits in with our local branding and everything. And uh, the bottles are crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the China bottles are actually the really good ones. But I wonder um, in Hawaii is, you know, are they able to source directly, you know, going, going the other direction. Um, you know, I think from, I talked to him about China. that. It's Tamaris and I, we should have him on. Um, and I think I talked to him about that and there was an issue. I think it had to do with anything coming in is difficult now. Yeah. 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 So that, that I think that's sense. basically what it boiled down to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was especially, I mean, especially during the pandemic, I mean, getting anything was just awful. He also runs better. into issues with sending stuff out because by the time it gets to the U.S., he has to have extra packaging or else it just ends up broken. Well, I know um, when I was first starting out, Adobo Loco was, they were, uh, you know, they're out of Hawaii and they, it was the first time I really saw those, the standard boxes that everybody uses now. Um, and it was, I think it was before... I don't know if it was before Fuego, but maybe I just hadn't seen Fuego and the Heatness. But I don't think the Heatness was doing a subscription box back then. Um, but Adobo Loco had one of those set boxes, and they had, you know, huge quantities of them. And um, and I remember they were just one of the brands that I was following what they were doing to try to figure out how to navigate the hot sauce world. But I think they had to they had to custom make those boxes because, um, which now I feel like is easy to do, but back then it felt wildly complicated. Yeah. All right. How did everybody like their sauces? So good. I'm going to have some for dinner. <laughs> so do you have any questions for us? Yeah, I do. I have one that I think uh, will be fun to talk about. And that's uh, on the topic of crazy collaboration sauces. Who is your dream get for a collaboration sauce? <laughs> Claire, I'll let you answer that first, because I think we've got a running saga about the one I'm going to answer. <laughs> um, Gosh, dream get. I don't know. So like every time we do work with another celebrity, there's always this feeling of like who else out there is similar. So we work with um the band Guster, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but um they're a they're a national band but you know stronger in New England they formed in Boston and um and the leads actually two of them now live in Vermont and uh, but uh, Ryan Miller lead singer came and visited us and we you know did some stuff and um when after he left one of my employees was like was like if you can get cat right then then I'll work for you for free um and cat writes another local uh, local musician and and then we also work with uh uh Keith from the Try Guys um and so so we've thought about other YouTubers and where that would be fun and you know recently we've had this like string of working with celebrities that haven't panned out for one reason or another so I can't necessarily talk about who they are but so you know gosh dream get I don't know I like you know, honestly, it's just fun to work with somebody that other people are like, oh, 
like I'm not a celebrity person. Like I, from that's uh, I guess a thing that Vermont apparently is known for among celebrities is that we don't really care that you're a celebrity. So there's you know Luis Guzman lives here in my town and he shops at our regular store and everybody and every once in a while somebody's like oh look it's him and we're like yeah because he lives here yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's eating lunch like yep <laughs> you do too but uh, but yeah so. Um, so I'm not a big celebrity person, but I, I kind of, it is fun to um, make other people excited. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I did get kind of my ultimate was to make a sauce with Alton Brown, which was really great. Yeah. Um, and that's that, so cool. Yeah. It was uh, he's, uh, and I will tell you, he's the nicest guy you could pos. I mean, I, I I've think actually he, met him. <laughs> oh, have you? Uh, I've he, met him on Zoom. He he uh he went to culinary school here in Montpelier. So oh, that's right. He, I forgot about yeah. that. Um, so that which actually that school is not even here anymore. But um, but he came and gave talks, and you know, I mean, especially as an up and coming food world person, I was just he's he was always great, and the science aspect of it too is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the sauce that we made together was beautiful. It is really a beautiful sauce. So um, we just sent him a bunch this season. I. Th- think they still have a few left but not very many i might be wrong about that they may have sold out already so it's worth checking out but as as far as i get somebody i'd like to get well now there's the ongoing saga of zach and me doing a hundred dollar hot sauce and uh we go back and forth about it um we've got ideas for ingredients can't agree on anything um, which is awesome uh, and, uh, yeah, I, that, that's, uh, I, I, I mean, eventually will probably happen. We keep talking about it, but I talked to somebody this week. I can't say who, but I think there's a couple of bands I'd really like to do. Um, I definitely, I, I love working with, we work with skating Polly, who's a uh, pretty well known in the Northwest, fantastic alternative band. Um, and I, I can think of about 10 other bands I'd probably love to make hot sauce for. <laughs> so I I'd awesome. go with that. Yeah. Love it. That's How great. about you? Yeah. I'd struggle with celebrity myself, uh, Claire. Uh, I just want people <laughs> to, to be normal. <laughs> and so I was, when I was thinking of this, I was like, man, I can't think of anyone good. And then I was like, I think Terry Crews would be pretty fun to do a hot sauce. Oh, with. I yeah. think he would be a fun personality that would enjoy the process and uh, he would be kind of a fun guy. He's one of my favorite Hot Ones episodes. And just, I think that would be a fun collaboration to do. Maybe a more realistic one would be, so I'm, a, I'm from Colorado, huge, huge Denver Nuggets fan. And they if you probably don't pay attention to Denver Nuggets ball, but they've got a center who's maybe a top 10 basketball player ever, who's this goofy Serbian. He's a seven, unathletic, unassuming guy who's just an amazing basketball player and incredibly humble. He hates the spotlight, but his big name, his, his nickname is Big Honey. And I would love to do oh, a honey like hot, awesome. hot sauce with him. I think that would be fun to do a Denver Nuggets hot sauce. Yeah, that, would yeah, be that awesome. sounds great. Absolutely. Well, the uh, the name is already taken, but we make a nugget honey for we make the hot ones nugget honey. And like that's that's a that would be that would be such an awesome name yeah, for, for something yeah. like that. His point guard, they've grown up together. They're very tight. Uh, great pick and roll two man basketball game they play and their nickname because a very uh, unathletic, unassuming guy with a very short point guard. Their nickname is peanut butter and jelly. And I'm like, oh, peanut butter and jelly hot sauce would be a lot of fun. I feel like <laughs> so, I heard somebody did one recently. 
Yeah, I have one from uh, uh, Nathan Grice uh, from Grice Grows. Grice Grows something. I can't remember what his. It's a. It's like a cottage home brand that he does. But yeah, he sent me a a bottle of his peanut butter and jelly hot sauce. I have. That's oh. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I I feel like the best hot sauces are ones that are are familiar but unique. Yeah. You know, so if you take some classic combination, some classic flavor that everybody knows, and then just just move it a step off to the side, it can be exactly, you know, that those can be huge hits. So Come I feel from, like a peanut butter and jelly food. with like a into like a Thai or like a Asian sauce or something like that that you would put on Asian food. Well, I think that's it, unless anybody else has anything else to say. Desert sauce. Last meal oh. sauce. So we, I have one for this. We swapped it out for next sauce, but you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. Cause I brought one. Cause this is one that caught my eye before I even knew this was your brand, but the, the pepper steak sauce, <laughs> I, I thought about this one, the longest uh, of, of a last meal kind of sauce. And uh, that's this black pepper steak sauce like blew me away when I tried it because its flavors were exactly what I wanted a spicy burger or a steak to taste like. And I think that would be my last meal because I think a steak is a pretty good last meal. And uh, that was something I really bonded with with my father before he passed away when I was 18 was how do you make a good steak? And he would he beat that into me. Uh, for a couple of years in high school, how do you make a good steak? And I think my last meal would be my dad's steak with your pepper steak sauce on it. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow, that means a lot. Thank you very much, John. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, oh, so uh, I guess we should have a uh, last meal hot sauce as well. Uh, well, I've I've said mine a few times. Do you have one, Claire? Do we talk about yours? Uh, we did, but I feel like that's such a hard question to, it is a hard question. to answer. <laughs> I, it would just, it would so depend on what the meal was. And I mean, I feel like for me, a last meal would definitely be something from my childhood. And I actually did eat a lot of spicy food in my childhood, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I well, and especially because it can't be one of my own. You know, my smoked onion is just always my go-to. So yeah, I think I mine would be the, uh, my mom's you've you you just recent you just now changed what my last meal would be and and the sauce well i think the sauce i've said before but uh it would be my mom's chili rellenos and my dad's chili i would have to have those two things together and then i would have to have uh the charman green sauce with it because i can't say zach's i'm not allowed to do that yeah. i would say zach's otherwise <laughs> Absolute fantastic Verde. So yeah, good. so good. That's yeah. one of those sauces that made me rethink my Verde. I went, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? And I did. I actually redid my Verde after that. I like the pivot. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'd like to say something. So this is our very first episode with Claire as a co-host. And thank you so much, Claire. We are so happy. Zach's not here to say it with me, but we're so happy to have you on board. This is fantastic. Oh. This is so much fun. I mean, you know, like I said to you before, I can talk sauce all day, every day. So being able to get together with you guys once a week and talk sauce sounds great. Yeah, it's a nice, a nice outlet for it makes me not do it throughout the week as much. <laughs> <laughs> Leave other people alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially because you have to edit this. So you get like a triple dose of the entire conversation. I, I really do. So I people don't know. I edit the whole thing. 
and it takes about three to six hours. And then I rewatch it and write down all the sauces that we've talked about and everything. Um, and usually I'll add it a little bit more and then it's done. And so it's, it's become quite a process, but I'm a little bit of a, a perfectionist as I'm sure all of us are. Um, and I'm getting better and better at it, but it's still, it's, you know, I'm, I'll get faster, but you know, I'm not a video editor, so. Well, it's been an absolute to... privilege to be here with you guys. I feel really honored and a bit surprised that uh, I get to have a conversation with people that I've looked up to. So thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much, John. I, I love your sauces. I have I have so many literally sitting on my counter in there uh, and I use them all the time. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. I send as many people your way as I can since we're we're state neighbors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> John, well, it was thank- really great getting to know you. It was. Uh, I'm really excited to try some of your sauces. Well, we'll connect off after this. I'll give a capsation care package coming your way. I'll, I'll send you some stuff too. I would love to. <laughs> Although I've had most of your stuff already, but I won't complain with more. M- most, most. <laughs> we we've made thousands of different sauces. <laughs> well, I've, I've had everything Roger has brought into his store. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, you have a going now. Thank you so much. Thanks, friends. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, was brought to you by Butterfly Bakery of Vermont, High Desert Sauce Co., and Iris Spikes Unique Hot Sauces and Vandal Pepper Sauces. This has been a Spike Mine Media Production.